Welcome to week two of Talking Shop. Andy Kelly. Matthew Matera. Do you remember the 21st night of September? So there you go, buddy. Oh, I love it. There you go. I love it. Happy to be here. I know we're getting a big injury week for the NFL. A little public service announcement for all the boys and girls out there. I like to call this concussion corner. I, I was dealt a little ER run on Saturday for the last day of my 30th year. Sorry about the face. That doesn't look pleasant. Yeah, we can't pick all the, you know, we can't pick all the cards we're dealt in life, but uh, I was going, going pretty fast and got the wobbles on the bike. I got checked. Thank God I was wearing the helmet. When you take one hit on your helmet, you got to buy a new one. And uh, also want to give a little shout out to longtime listener, Alex Ray, for the ride to the ER. Uh, separately. <sighs> well, I'm very sorry about the injury. I'm, um, if anything, I now have, you know, I'm 0-2 starting the season. I'm baking in my excuses. <laughs> so here's what we do here. We have a post-matchup conversation. We chat about what, what happened. Uh, we look at the rest of the league, see what went down there. We look at upcoming NFL week, kind of preview that for the folks at home. And then we just generally talk smack about the rest of the league. So this is, this is your platform your chance to just open it up and uh, and let loose. You know, Matt, I, I'm not a big social media guy, so I appreciate you sharing your platform. I think coming into this year, there was this idea out there that there would be more injuries because of the lack of preseason, the lack of being able to practice. Um, and this weekend was just ravaging to, like, sure. so many top names go down. Your number one pick, Christian McCaffrey. Saquon Barkley goes down for the year. Bosa, Garoppolo, Moster, also hurt. Um, Is this just something that's unavoidable now with this sort of lack of field time, lack of getting those hits in before the big... It it does seem that the, uh, you know, the COVID-adjusted preseason or lack of preseason is, you know, already kind of being a factor this season. I don't don't recall a week two or there are this many critical injuries across the league. Uh, So it does feel a little uniquely different. Um, you got Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton out, Devontae Adams hurt. Um, so a lot of guys all around the league just going down this week. And could we have seen this coming? Like, we're talking about New York and San Francisco, which shut down completely for COVID. And I don't know if their practice was limited more than these other parts of the country, perhaps, than places in say. Texas or in – yeah, and, and maybe we're seeing more injuries in these markets, but lack of training or – in, sure. in these in these hybrid but but it does seem correlated right because new york and san francisco total True. shutdown total quarantine more so than these others that's, these other, that's uh, a uh, that, that's a deep that's a deep cut right there and matt i've always considered you to be a bit of a football savant and quite the intellectual <laughs> so i i won't lie that i haven't got as deep on the analysis but it could have been a little bit more forward thinking obviously i would have been sitting cmc on the bench i mean that's the obvious play <laughs> but you know what matt i'm just i'm not as deep in the numbers as you are so unfortunately, I overlooked that. So thank you very much. But it, it was a nice little bounce back week one. I was queued up, projected to have a nice little win over Dylan. Obviously, that didn't that didn't take place. Took a big loss. But uh, week two, a little bit better. It took a loss, but Matt, you uh, you know you, you clocked in the high score for the week. So there's there's no shame in that. Let's let's go back a couple of weeks. Let's go back to your draft because I love okay. I love to do this. I like to go back, get in your head on draft night. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the number one pick. Okay. It's a no brainer, right? You didn't think twice about it. I, g- I gave it about five minutes of thought, and yeah, I mean, number one overall pick, CMC, is in the ad last year. I didn't want to overthink that one. So CMC was an obvious one. After you there drafted you McCaffrey, you waited 22 picks, as you do when you have number one pick in a 12-person Not- league. And then you had backpacks, and you took Kittle Evans. So you filled out for running back, tight end, receiver with those first three picks. 
Uh, Evans was the seventh receiver taken and Kittle the second tight end. Any consideration there to taking a second running back, knowing you have to wait another 22 picks after that? Or what, what goes going through your head there? Yeah, so there's a lot of depth at wide receiver in the league, but I think there's only, uh, you know, maybe a handful or a couple handfuls of guys that are going to move the needle for you. I don't know if I read too much, you know, Bruce Arians being the whisper, Tom Brady finally escaping Bill Belichick. You know, maybe he's trying to play until he's 65. So, you know, this is just really, you know, I thought, okay, so Mike Evans is going to be seeing the ball. Kittle, I, I don't know, I'm a Niners guy, so I love, I'm happy to have him on the team. He's nice. Yeah, I love Kittle. You can't go, you can't, you can't be down on Kittle. So film is in, but I did end up a little, uh, a little shy on running backs. So that's um, something that I'm kind of having to work with already. Not that it's paid out to a win in the league thus far, which is, is starting to be a little painful, I must say. But uh, Ingram, Ingram, I like him. I like that offense. He, he kind of strikes me as a guy who's got a, uh, you know, a solid floor. So I thought, you know, for my RB2, I, I could snag him and maybe take, you know, take a risk later on, take a flyer and see if anything else. But I liked Ingram at that spot. I, I figured as long as he's staying healthy, have solid production in that offense. Uh, he had a solid year last year. Maybe that was his last strong year. But I, I figured I would just go for that and, and see what he has this year. I, I also, I, you know, the pick I love of yours. C.D. Lamb, you got him late, and uh, he had 100 yards yesterday. He's off to a great start this season. I'm liking, I'm liking the way he's looking for you. And then, how about this guy in the Niners? You took round 14, Brandon Ayuk. Am I saying that right? What's his story? I, I believe it's Ayuk. Uh, so Ayuk, I think he he uh, profiles very similarly to uh, he profiles similarly <laughs> to Debo Debo Samuel. So Debo worked really ah. well within uh, Shanahan's offense last year. And also, D is coming in with an injury. Wide receiver uh, depth in manners is not great. So I think Ayuk's going to get some looks. Uh, I think as the season wears on, he I, I think he's going to have a nice season. So I don't I don't think he'll be a consistent starter by any means. But I could I could imagine him being pretty dangerous within some uh, you know spot matchups. Get him in the slot. He's he's like yards after the catch guy. Shane loves that Kittle, Debo. You know, pitching out to the running backs. So I think I think it's gonna be a good you know Shanny loves the yak Shanny loves yak racking up I think the yak yards racking up, up those rack up the yak I think I think Shanny likes that and I think Ayuk's gonna get integrated this year so I think I think he's gonna have a nice year I I, I like that pick and yeah CD yeah, Lamb I you know, a, I'm a Niners guy so I I try to avoid the Cowboys like the plague but they they like speed they've got you know basically you know, they they just let him loose on the track down there in Dallas I think CD is gonna be picking up some nice yards this year. Yeah, we had a Hawks fan on last week, and he was penciling in Saints Hawks in the NFC Championship game, completely dismissing the Niners, which as, is um, as the Hawks. You know, yeah. Matt, we fortunate, unfortunate to have a lot of Seattle friends. You know, depending on your point of view, <laughs> uh, Matt Runner, a very lovely guy. Um, you know, actually a thoughtful Hawks fan. Runner is Runner's a smart guy. He's a thoughtful guy. Uh, Seahawks are a strong team. I think they've drafted well. They've positioned their team well, evolved well over the years. Uh, they're they're a tough team. So now with the injuries, it's going to be it's it's not going to get any easier for the Niners. But I, I still like the Niners over the course of the season. Um, I like what our front office has been doing, and I'd take Shanahan over Carroll any day of the week. Easy. Where are you penciling in the Niners this year? As far as you think they're a playoff team with the injury? No, I mean we have to look at this post-injury now. So sure. Do you think that they're still a playoff team, a wild card team, perhaps instead of a divisional favorite? I I still like us to come out of the NFC West. It's going to be tough. Uh, they're going to have to, uh, you know, they're going to have to evolve over the course of the season, but I still like our chances. So it's not going to be easy. You know, the injury bug strikes everybody, you know, 
what is it, death, taxes, and injuries NFL season. <laughs> so I think, you know, nerves, we've, we've got our dosage early on. Hopefully that kind of steadies out. And, you know, I think that, I think that injury card plays around the league this year. Okay, last week we went through – so Renner picked three games against the line, and he went 2-0, and and he's got the Saints tonight minus 6.5 to go 3-0. and So he did a pretty good job. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you an option here. Sure. You can either pick – I've picked out three games. You can either pick – we can go through those three games, and you can tell me who's going to win. Or we've got three matchups in our league that are riding on tonight's game, and we can pick – if who is going to win those matches, you tell me what would be more fun. Uh, I like picking the league. I like picking the league. Except, uh, how about you? How about you give me a preview of the three matches? Maybe we cherry pick one and let's go with three well, games. I will give you a, a full preview so that we can. There's three matchups and they're all tight. All tight. The projected are within one to two to three. All three of these actually. So we've got Dylan at 85 points and Chris Sampson at 97. Chris Sampson's done, and Dylan has one player going tonight. Alvin Kamara. If he manages to get 12.7 points out of Alvin Kamara, he will win. I like Dylan in that matchup. I'd have to take a peek at a Kamara week one. Let's he see. had 92 all-purpose yards and a touchdown week one. I like Kamara to cover. I think Dylan's going to win that matchup. Which is it pains me to pick Dylan after he beat me handily in week one. <laughs> I think Dylan keeps it wrong. I think he picks up the second W. Well, he'll be on the pod next week, so I'm sure he'll have some. We'll, we'll definitely we'll bring that up. We'll definitely talk to him about that. Okay. Okay. And, and, you know, with full knowledge that, hey, we're, we're just picking randomly. I think, I think Dylan's set up with, you know, he says, you know, Boston sports fan, he says Brady can go buck himself as his team name. What for <laughs> allegiance? You know, took, took you guys from a Fox Pro, Fox Pro dumpster fire to a dynasty. And, you know, TB12 wants to just kick the feet up, get some sun, get away from the Sith Lord. One year, Brady can go buck. How quickly Boston sports fans forget, Matthew. You're a Niners fan. When Montana went to the Chiefs for a year. I'd have to go check the, uh, I believe that was, what year was that, 93? So I wasn't quite into a fantasy football at four years old. But for sake of this exercise, uh, I would not have turned on Joe Montana, a.k.a. the best quarterback of all time. I would not have turned on on uh, Joe Cool. But 49ers fans were, were good to our players. They're always, you know, they're always welcome back in San Francisco. Well, now Santa Clara, unfortunately. Matchup number two, Dave Castellanos, 103 points. He's your clubhouse leader. He's got no one else to go. Mm. He's battling it out with more juju on that beat, Dominic Delfino. Oof. Dom has Josh Jacobs going tonight. Josh Jacobs plays for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep. He needs 14.2 points out of Josh Jacobs tonight to win that matchup. Do you think he's going to do it? Interesting. I like the game tonight to be – well, I, I was curious on your take on the over-under, Matt. I would take Chicago Dom over Sex Dave for, the, uh, for that, for that <laughs> matchup right there. I think, I think Jacobs will take it for Dom. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any defense play tonight. I think we're looking at a Cowboys-esque type of game from yesterday where we're just letting it fly. Or a uh, better example, the Seahawks game. Seahawks-Pats, five touchdowns out of Russ Wilson. Like, they're just, it's just too early in the season. The way I look at it for these teams that are contenders like the Saints – is that they're going to spend these for this first month is what they normally do in the preseason. You know, they're not putting in these defensive packages that they're lining up for the playoffs until mid-October, early November. Sure. These games are just to let it fly and see what happens, keep everybody healthy if possible. I like that take. Yeah, I, I see a lot of points tonight. I think I, I would take the over. I'm not a degenerate gambler like uh, some others in our league, but, you know, if, if I were, <laughs> I, I would probably pay some, play some money on the uh, over. 
All right, so so far we got Dom winning in your mind, and we got Dylan winning. Here's yes. matchup number three. Love was changing the minds okay. of pretenders while chasing the clouds away. Our hearts were ringing in the key that our souls were singing as we danced in the night. Remember how the stars stole the night away? Oh, yeah. I think the stars tonight, you got Josh Jacobs, and, you know, Raiders are going to lose, but you got, you got Kamara and Jacobs. I, I think they're going to be, you know, Matt, I think they're going to be dancing in the night away, bud. Oh, I, I love that. I didn't know Bill Walton was on the pod today, but this is amazing. Gold. Thank you, Danny. Gold. Okay. These, this is a low-scoring matchup between this two 0-1 teams. Is somebody paying out of this matchup tonight? Is that what you're saying? No playoff ramifications in this matchup, but no, no, no blood here. You've got the uh, you've got the Chiefs fan uh, Andrew Lamb, the World Champion Chiefs, is his team name. Right and high. He is winning currently, seventy-two to sixty-four. So he's up mm-hmm. by eight. Okay. And he's got two players going tonight. He's got Darren Waller, who's tight end on the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay. And he's got Will Lux, kicker for the New Orleans Saints. Oof. So plus so eight. Plus Waller, good volume tight end. Plus Lutz, you know, scoring a lot. That that's uh, that's profiling pretty well for Lammers. So you've got an eight-point lead with Waller and Lutz, and they're playing uh, a Christmas Carol. Same team name as last year. Clearly hasn't sure. changed anything from last year. He's just as bad as well. His sure. quarterback Drew Brees it. is mm. his final player tonight. I, I like Lammers tonight. Drew Brees will put up some points. Uh, touchdown, Tommy. I like the kid, but as you mentioned, new entrant last year. Hot garbage. Uh, he's looking like another pile of hot garbage this year. Uh, yeah, I, I think Lammers is. I think Lammers is taking down Tommy tonight. I love it. And of course, we'll let you know next week how Danny did. Just bring it. Oh man. Well, I got some trivia for you. Do you want to see some trivia? Let's hop into trivia, Matt. The NFL is celebrating its hundred years. I don't know how they count that. It's, we're like on like what Super Bowl Fifty Eight. There's like forty-two years of them banging around with yeah. leather skin helmets or something like that before that. Yep. According to their math. Yep. When they were really just, just bashing heads in. Back, back in the heyday, what the NFL wanted to be. So, 100 years. Two current teams have been there since day one. They played in the same city back then. One of them doesn't play there anymore. So, they played in the same city back then. Can you name them? Interesting. This is So, I'm trying to think of some of the older teams. And I think there's going to be some of the original teams that hop out at me. Packers. You have the Chiefs. I believe the Giants. Colts. I want to say the Bears. I kind of like the Bears in the mix here. So you nailed it with the Chicago Bears. Okay. And the other team started in Chicago. I'm go. That's the second okay. team we're looking for. So I'm, I'm now thinking of teams that don't have a strong history, that have moved around, that have been around for a bit. I'm going to take a little stab, and I'm not sure on this one. I'm going I'm to go with the Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. You nailed it. You Is nailed right? it. You got it. What were they? Yep. Were they called the same thing back in the day? What did they start as? Their first year, they went by some random name, but year two, they changed over to the Chicago Cardinals. So they've had that name for 99 years. Funny enough, Arizona still hasn't won a Super Bowl. They've been to one and lost one. The three teams that follow those teams were the Packers, Giants, and Lions. Uh, so very much in that Chicago, Ohio area that the sure. uh, league sprang that, out of. Sure, sure. Ma- makes good sense. Midwest, you know. You got corn, you have lakes. Eventually, you're just going to start <laughs> running into each other. So naturally, you know, my, my sister, love you, Jess. She's out in Chicago. I've met a lot of lovely people in the Midwest. But, yeah, well, you can, you can ask Dom more about that later in the season. We will. We will get to that, I'm sure. So our matchup, I, when I saw Kittle wasn't playing, I was feeling good. But then your backup, 
this guy named Joe New Smith. I'm probably Johnny saying Smith. that wrong. Yep. He went for 80 and two touchdowns. Yep. That was, I, I liked him. I, I considered picking up Reed. I, I was considering my options. But yeah, the, the Niners just haven't been moving the ball. Uh, but Johnny Smith, he's, he's profiling pretty well. I thought they'd be moving the ball. And I, I definitely didn't think he'd be scoring 20 points, but I liked him for maybe 8, 10, 12 points. Uh, yeah, and he, he surprised at the upside for sure. Crushed it. McCaffrey had two scores, then he got hurt. Evans had 100 and a touchdown. McLaurin, 125 touchdown. And then it came down to last night. I had my stars, obviously, Calvin Ridley and Nick Chubb had me in this matchup despite your across the board success. And I just had Russell Wilson tonight down 22 points uh, against the Patriots, who historically and re- more recently have had this great defense. So I was pretty worried, especially if that, after that early pick. For sure. Now, that one, uh, when I'd have to check, because I, I recall over the offseason, once there was COVID uncertainty, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the Patriots jumping ship, they didn't want to roll with the Sith Lord for the, uh, you know, through the pandemic. Makes sense. I'm sure that uh, Bill Belichick can outthink a virus. Uh, so I wasn't, wasn't quite sure there what you're going to see out of that defense. Russell Wilson, as much as I hate to say it, that guy's a great quarterback. Uh, he always seems to find a way. That's surprising. I mean, he had a hell of a game. Nick Chubb's a great running back. So that's a big, big game out of that guy. So yeah, I mean, Matt, you had, you had big, uh, big performances. Russell Wilson, Chubb, even uh, Sanders, Ridley. Got Steelers defense. You're rolling the two defenses. You picked the right horse. You, 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 you played a good hand this week, man. I do believe you could have swapped in. Yeah, you could have even, uh, you could have swapped in Devontae over your flex. You even had a few points on the bench. So you, you had a really good team this week. If you look at your team, you played the perfect, perfect squad. You probably could have squeezed out two more points I'm looking at, but I mean, you know, I think you've made the right decisions across the my, board. My GM, you got to get a little more know, healthy, it looks like. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, not a great early season performance by my GM. You know, we're, we're a little thin. That uh, you know we're in week two, and I didn't have I didn't have much coming off the bench. Uh, you know I didn't feel good about my draft pick on Carson Wentz. Something about you know Matt Renner made a very good point week one picking winners. Something I look at that guy it's just I don't know if it's the red hair I don't know if it's the injury history. He's just he doesn't strike me as a winner. I I'm not liking that. So I'm gonna have to improve at quarterback. I can already see that. Yeah, there's some room to improve though. I mean, there's some guys still sitting out there on waivers that you can pick up. I actually don't have a second quarterback now that I'm looking at. I just realized that myself. So um, at some point, I think you can probably get a quarterback. They're like eighth, ninth, tenth round picks nowadays. So sure, sure. But yeah, I mean, as far as uh, you know, grading my GM, you know, yeah, QB. He really, he really just kind of the draft. Could have, could have done a little better there. (laughs) We got. I think we got to plug a little U.S. Open, Matt. You're the big golfer in the league. We had the mad scientist taking on the field that wing foot. Would you, would you make of that? Well, first on the coverage for those that don't watch a lot of golf. Sometimes when you're watching these majors, you have 15 guys within a couple shots of the lead, like you did at the PGA at Harden. Other times you have two guys or three guys that really separate themselves. So if you tuned in and you're not a big Bryson guy and you don't know who this 21-year-old Matthew Wolf is and you just see them showing these two guys all day long, in this case, you still had this course that was like the star of the show. And you were like, this course is insane. The greens are so hard. The putts are so quick. Like, these guys are missing two, three footers. It makes them look like us out there. So I think it still came across really well, even though you had one of the most like loathed guys on tour up there in the lead in DeChambeau. But I don't think it's rightfully so, so that he is not he's not respected for what he's doing because he's taking up out of the ball and then he's just chunking it up there from wherever it ends up. And he uh, he's really like a modern day Sebi. Uh, 
who like Seve Ballesteros paid about 40, 50 years ago. He used to just hit the... You're going a little deep there, but I'm, I'm with... And he used to just hit it, you know, he, he couldn't hit a fairway to save his life. But the guy had just an all-around short game slash uh, recovery shot game where he could... Bubba Watson does, does this as well, where he can hook and slice the ball around trees and what, whatnot. Bryson doesn't have that, so we often don't look at him as this guy that can save a par from anywhere. But um, through his analytical approach to the game he really can manage his way around a course thinking through sort of like probabilities and odds and you know if I miss this I want to miss it right because that's my best chance to get it up and down because I've studied this course like a like a textbook sure yeah I mean maybe maybe Bryson's at the front edge of you know more more data in golf I, I did have one question I wanted to ask you Matt there's a our, our friend Rory McIlroy he, he wasn't sure if the performance is good or bad for golf you know, I, I'm no expert. I'm not a historian on golf, but I thought the point is to shoot low. Seemed to me that Bryson shot pretty low. Had had a nice margin of victory. What, what do you what do you make of Rory's comment there? Is that, is that a little salt, or you think he's got something? Play, yeah, journalists. play the audio. You got Team Rory. You got the traditionalist, loves the history, and you got Team Bryson, the scientist, hacking away at golf. I don't really know what to say because that's just the complete opposite of what you think a U.S. Open champion does. Um, Look, they, you know, he's he's found a way to do it. Um, whether that's good or bad for the game, and I I don't know, but it's just uh, it's not the way I saw this this golf course being played or this tournament being played. And um, yeah, it's just it's uh, just can't really wrap my head around it. When when you first saw Bryson come back with the weight and the approach he was going to take. Were you skeptical? Did you think, well, like, what's he, what's he doing? You know, I, I thought, you know, I, I can see it for week in, week out, PJ Tour, you know, setups that are a little more benign. I played with him at Colonial the first week back out, but I sort of said, okay, wait till he gets to a proper golf course and he's going to have to rein it back <laughs> in. And then we get, we've, you know, this is as proper as they come and, and, and look, look what's happened. So, um, yeah, look, he's he's got full belief in what he's doing, and you know it's pretty impressive. I don't know, Rory. Can't wrap your head around the uh, can't wrap your yeah, head around I'm, the lowest I'm, score winning the tournament. That's uh, I thought Rory was a little smarter than that. That seems pretty easy to wrap your head around, Rory. Rory didn't seem very happy in that in that clip. He, I think he's a little frustrated with where his current game's at. Um, he just had a kid, which is you know probably does it probably distracts you from golf a little bit, and. Um, I could I could see that. Yeah, maybe Rory's so what, 31 years old. He's already a part of the old the old old guard. The old guard. Uh, I think yeah. Rory's got a little salt on that comment. He uh, you know he roared out the gates 2011, won the U.S. Open, and so maybe maybe he's a little pissed off. He's sneaking up on 10 years since his last U.S. Open victory. Bryson's doing things differently. He's you know packing on the protein shakes at every hole. He's you know he's hiding hamburgers in the holes. Whatever he's doing, but uh, you know it's working. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it looked like I, I, yeah. before Tiger, the courses used to be 66, 6,700 yards. Sometimes they stretched it to 7,000. Now the average is 72, 7,300 yards because te the technology got better. Uh, they were trying to tiger-proof golf courses, and that's what they did. And, you know, they're going to they're gonna probably change it again on Bryson. And if they can find something that he's doing that everyone else isn't doing, they might ban that thing, like teeing the ball up as high as he does or the certain uh, – I think his driver said it like – four or five percent loft he's doing things with technology that people haven't 
done before. And it seems to be breaking a little bit kind of the the established uh, way we determine a champion. So, I, you know. I like what he's doing because I, I still make the case that the established way of picking a champion is shooting low. Bryson is playing within yeah. the rules. And I think, I think, Rory's, I think Rory's got a little salt there. Yeah, I mean, he's Winning from Hollywood. The- Hollywood, Northern Ireland, Jupiter, Florida. You know, I think I think Rory's just a little flash. Where's the substance, bud? You got to shoot low. What do you think of this guy, Matthew Wolf, 21 year old? Kind of weird swing, huh? He's got a little bit, a little herky jerk in there. Kind of, kind of looks like he almost gives an Elaine kick when he's uh, bringing his swing back. <laughs> he's got the little herky jerk. Uh, maybe Matthew Wolf is. He has that pure swing movement that's pretty unique too. Yeah, that he does yeah. every time. Yeah, who who knows the psychology behind Matthew Wolf and his and his herky jerk, but. You know, I, I didn't I didn't pick up any complaints from him, and he did take second. Yeah, he was free falling it on Sunday, but he managed to hang on. Um, him and Bryson traded eagles on nine. Uh, they both made eagle putts. Bryson made his first, and then Matthew Wolf made his second. After that, Bryson went one under the rest of the round, and Matthew Wolf went four over. Um, nice he team. did make two very good pars in 17-18 to come in second, which was worth about $1.3 million in the U.S. Open, so 21-year-old. Sure. Was he paired up with Bryson? They were paired together, and mm-hmm. Matthew Wolf had a, I believe, a three-shot lead going into the day. So he had to sleep on a three-shot lead at 21 years old. Um, tough. Tough. Sure. He's he's playing alongside the beefcake, the scientist, and you know knows that that, <laughs> that guy just eats numbers. There's no emotions there. So maybe you know yeah. he's you know the little little herk and jerk of the swing. Maybe he he cratered a little bit, but 21 year old second place. I'm sure it's not the last we'll hear from him. Well, this was a pleasure, Danny. I just love speaking with you today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Matt. Of course. And, uh, man, feel better. I'll I'll catch you later, Matt.